0: Welcome back to an all-new Super Metal Brothers podcast, where we can't save me any more than you can save yourself. I am Super Metal Brother Matt. And I'm Super Metal Brother Dan. That Na- quote taken from a, a very good band, Edel Nakareth, known as their black metal molding with industrial metal, but more importantly, Dan, they were notoriously famous for the uh, Iron Maiden cover they did. Is that right? Uh, remember yeah, remember I- Power Slave? Oh yeah, this one. That's right, exactly. Yeah, now you remember right? Hey, Daniel, welcome to the, back to the show anyway. How you going, man? Yeah, good, and yourself, man. Matt, you seem like you picked up a super metal call from Super Metal Sydney. Uh, it was, yeah. I was there to see Flesh God Apocalypse and all their glory, making Australian metal look really bad. They had four Australian oh, bands oh. before them, and unfortunately, you know, it's good to start up a band like that, but you really did get to see where these guys are and how they got there, and uh, uh, they were just fantastic, but... I am a little bit sick, uh, maybe, but more importantly, I think because of our happy birthdays that we have to give out, we had to give so many shout-outs last week to our fans of the show. Yeah, that's quite amazing. It's, it's funny, people think that we're twins, but we're like two days apart and also two years apart, so yeah. unfortunately, if we were twins. Oh, and the jury's still out if we are biologically related anyway. Oh, well, man, don't make you destroy our name. <laughs> but on this week's show, we are talking about supergroups. We decided to ask the fans what their favorite supergroup was. And we're actually going to choose three of those because we're going to make ourselves a super metal, like a gig. So we're going to do an actual gig for tonight. Yeah. We're also talking doing a retro review. But this retro review is pretty special, Danny. A, a little known band, should be known better. Who are they called? Yeah, the band's are Biomechanical. For those who are listening, I think it was last week, we picked our top 10 metal songs for all time uh, One of these guys' songs actually made it into my top 10 list. and It's unfortunate this band here was... Um, There, great album, but two average albums and unfortunately, it seems like a singer which no one got along with. But more importantly, you're here very first up to talk about the news, so let's go into it. And right off the bat, we are talking about our old school fans out there. Richie Blackmore, he is back with his first new Rainbow recording in two decades. Well, I guess it's not new in the sense that the song is quite old. Yeah, there's two new songs. One is uh, a remake of his own older song called I Surrender. And then the other song is a cover of an old 1905, 1910, um, apparently one of those patriotic-type songs. I was like, ah. So they're not – the second one is new because he's never done that cover recording it, but the first one, they're not really new songs as in he's written new songs. So this one, instead of featuring, um, obviously, the old artist, this is a new Richie Blackmore's Rainbow, and it's uh, featuring Ronnie James Dio. Oh, sorry. Uh, it's featuring Ronnie <laughs> Romero, sorry. Yeah. I hard to get those two confused. But uh, listening to the track, Danny, what did you think? Oh, we saw him live, and I think he did a great job live. So yeah. unfortunately, uh, the second track, I couldn't listen because he needs Spotify or so- Balonies. I was like, ah, didn't up. even get that far in the article mate, in i was interested mate. though what did you think of uh the i only had 20 or 30 seconds from my surrender it was only like a sample what i got yeah what do you think of it i didn't listen to the sample i only heard it live for Alive, so that's that's oh. what i'm going. I'm a, I'm a true fan and as true fans fly all the way to the other side of the world to watch the concerts well i actually did listen to it so uh, let's bump back to me because i heard the actual song it's actually got a fairly decent production to it um the ride symbol really comes across right now Uh, It does sound a little bit more produced because it has a touch of that, the new school. And I think, to be honest, the song was perfectly fine the way it was. The reinvention of it does have a little less organic feel to it, but does have beefier productions. So that might be out there for the new fans to consider. Um, But, you know, if you want to check it out for yourself, for all our people in London or want to go over there, there's uh, July gigs and uh, June gigs coming up, Danny. So ju- mostly June gigs from 17th to 28th. Oh, I can't afford that again. Not again, man. <laughs> They're playing back in Birmingham again on the 28th. Is the ah. last show? Oh man. But there you go. If anyone's out there, do check them out. They are one of the forerunners, godfathers of the industry, and uh, deserve a lot of praise. Does this band deserve a lot of praise? Next, we are talking about Tool with the frontman Maynard. Uh, this is an interesting thing because he's come out and. Um, at a gig, I think it was Danny, and said uh, quite the uh, quite the spill, I'd imagine. Yeah, it was quite. I um, really what he kind of said. I don't know, like if it was the context of a song. If he just felt like saying something, maybe he stepped on his toe and just wanted to yell some sort of abuse. But it was kind of like. Saying everybody, look, I'm maybe putting it in a positive way, everybody has their place in society, and you should respect people's place in society. You should also realise where your place in society. I guess. So let's read it out. Yeah. Uh, this is what Maynard said to his fans at one of his gigs. Those of you who are law enforcement and military, your job is to defend our right to act like a whining entitled snowflake arsehole. Myself being one, not me, I'm talking about Maynard. But yeah, I guess so. Yeah, uh, whining arsehole. Part, right? <laughs> <laughs> snowflake's job. Sorry, snowflake's. Your job is to respect them for doing the effing. I uh, was doing that for you, divided we fall, don't believe the hype of dum-dums, we are all in this together. Is this a time where Maynard is right on the mo- point, or is this just more tall as we low, and some love it, some don't, can me in the second category t- team? What are you thinking, Danny? Maybe just try out new like, lyrics to see if they stick with the people. And yeah. Like, yeah, this could be good, you know. So I decided to do a bit of research, and I was like, okay, so apparently I went to a, a site called Blue Lives Matter, and it, it rep- Apparently, from the media, they believe that the crowd was a very lukewarm applause, you know? However, they updated their website to say that people at that were at the concert said that, that they erupted. Fake news is coming back. You know? Why not? Um, you know, it, it is a little bit different from, obviously, the, the mainstream thing. But coming from, we're not here to talk too much politics. We want to talk about bands getting into politics, which is a different kind of politics. So, did you think uh, it was the right? we talked about, you know, bands getting into this political thing too much? And so, just play a good song. Do you think uh, he's he's ready or anything? Well look, this seems to be short, sharp and shiny. So if you do it again, there's a bit of transition, a bit of banter. is okay. If you start preaching to people it becomes a problem. Look, it's hard to say, I wasn't at the gig. So hard to say how you came across if a kid did it all night or like like if it's like a U two concert where the yeah. music secondary of Bono spewing his um thoughts and feelings is like oh the main that's right there. exactly exactly hey they play their first song they do this diatribe and it's like all right so we've got one song left for you you know so like, <laughs> oh, yeah thanks you know um but you know may not apparently was in the a u.s army veteran who did serve in the early 80s before going into tour in 1990 so it has some, some actual depth to it hmm. there you go maybe that's where they get inspiration from ah i can't really bother looking, looking that much into it Danny. yeah yeah Yes. F- free Fighters audience though they helped uh, through a pulled plug uh, everlong song at uh, Bottle Rock Festival. Didn't end up seeing this one, Danny? Ah, no, unfortunately, the link was stuffed, so I couldn't <sighs> end up seeing it. Suck! I did. Yeah. So basically, what happened was five minutes into this video of look everyone's favourite free Fighters song. Let's not mistake words. It is a great song. Um, basically, it all cuts out, and you can just hear what must be coming out of the foldback speakers on the stage, the band playing. But this, this, the fans, look, everyone knows the song. Everyone was still singing it, having a great time clapping. So, uh, you know, I think uh, props to the uh, fans out there that uh, went the extra mile and uh, didn't boom straight off the stage. Yeah, that's great. Actually, i give credit for fires because I saw um, the, back in LA like a year or two ago, probably two years ago, the old Haimash team there. Freaking Dave Grohl like saying for like two hours, he, even when the band had a break, he did an acoustic set like for the break. So, he, I'm gonna back uh, him up even further. I saw Incubus play live, right? Now we're doing one of their songs at Rooney, which is um, uh, me to happen to flames. Anyway, it's like one of the songs, oh, that one. it's yeah. one of the songs off of um, uh, the one before. I'll, I'll get it out in a sec, <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, they started playing it, had technical difficulties, walked off stage, made whatever, decide to fix it. I think the technician had to fix it. And then they came back five minutes later and didn't even finish the song. Oh. Pardon me. That was the song. And I'm like, wow. So we have to keep giving Free Fighters props, man. Dave Grohl knows how to do his very best, and when, even when it happens at the worst. He broke his leg on stage and finished his set off before he goes, leg fixed. Or he broke it, came back and finished it, whatever it was. So... Give him credit. Yeah. So, um, should we be giving this person credit, though? Okay, so we've been putting over Dave Grohl for a while, but should we be putting Chris Cornell over? The Pearl Jam bass player sure thinks so. Reckons he's the greatest songwriter to come out of Seattle. He even knows about Jimi Hendrix and still reckons that Chris Cornell is better at writing songs, singing melodies, and doing those complex uh, things. Danny, I think I can speak amongst this for a while. Uh, you're not going to hold like Nirvana, rant, are you? I know three... <laughs> people yeah, that yeah. are potentially better than one of Chris Cordell, right? From Seattle? You've got Jeff Loomis, right, from the Ooh. Jeff Loomis Project. You've got the latest guitarist who's an Arch Enemy, right? And then you've got the guitarist was in Nevermore. You've got, th- uh, oh, I just named three Steve people. Smith. Yeah. You've got three <laughs> people who from the Seattle industry, right? And I think that they, you know, the testament to the 10 billion albums or whatever songs yeah. they wrote for, and the amount of uh, guest performances that bloke's been on, or those blokes, I should say, um, I I think I think Pearl Jam are uh, not in there. I mean, they did that awesome thing with the T-shirt thing. Remember last week, but but not this time. Remember, with, like the whole they were in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that deal on their shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand things. So like. one, you know, two steps forward, two steps back. I reckon for our friends at and Pearl Jam. Imagine if those three people you just mentioned, like Loomis, and those other two guitarists, got together, and made like a super group of like. Well, <laughs> you know, we'll have to talk about that a little bit later on. <laughs> I'd imagine. So yeah. 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 I mean I mean look to be fair the guy did play with Chris Cornell as well, so and if he likes that grunge style and yeah, he'd probably say that's he's who the is the greatest. Seattle's very, very best musician that's come out of there so far, don't he? I don't really know that much Seattle. I know Nevermore and Nirvana and apparently now Soundgarden came for them and Hasbro, I know. Yeah, I think we had um uh, Keith Merrill as well, I would imagine. I'm not sure yeah, though. Okay. So um but I know it's good for some stuff, you know, it's gotten Enemies of Reality came out from there, you know, and a bunch of other ones that I really like, you know. Uh, Dead Heart and a Dead World. Oh, it's just so many great cru- uh, albums that came out of Seattle. <laughs> oh, Seattle. <laughs> um, there's latest leaks of photos coming from the Ukrainian zoo, and it unveils not a picture of a uh, dolphin, not a, uh, a new aquatic uh, pool or whatever. We're talking about a statue and none other than Slayer's very own Tom Araya. That's amazing. even Steve Irwin. were one. Steve Irwin? Steve Irwin. No, it's Steve Irwin. It's not even Steve no, Irwin, no, mate. Not, not, not with a stingray or anything, you know, like a family <laughs> photo. You know, what a testament to his lineage. I think, I think, I think he got barbed from that exhibit. Oh, oh that's oh, terrible. Oh, nice. terrible. Yeah. Um, do you think it's the love of Mikhail Pinchu, the owner of the zoo, Danny? Or do you think that the fans really wanted it? Or um, where did this come from? I have no idea <laughs> what the link is between Tom Araya and Slayer and... Maybe, maybe maybe he's like one of the most contributing members because he went there once and like, oh, you know. Maybe. Maybe he had like a family maybe Harambe was a family member, like <laughs> a cousin, <laughs> like a niece or something. Yeah, so okay. now his like heart pours out for him. But underneath the like Tomorea statue, they've got a quote from one of the songs, and it's something about like um those who are insane the truly sane. Something like that. So it has nothing, no resemblance or any link to Zeus at all. Maybe they didn't translate well from English. Maybe and you know, like and, yeah. and, and, and you know what the biggest problem was about all this was? Was not about whether we to include the statue or not, but getting his beard right. Yeah. That were, and what guitar, and be guitar holding. And the guitar he's yeah. going to be holding. I mean, not like, a bass, but a guitar. You know, so they got, these guys are so passionate, not only to put him in there, but to make sure they pay a tribute to him the correct way. Maybe someone should do the same thing for Lemmy in the Rainbow Studio or, you know, those kind of things. But these Eastern European countries are having all these, like, hard rock legends. First, Bulgaria, the Ronnie James Dio statue... And now you have Ukraine with the Tomaray statue. So hopefully all these eastern European countries are gonna have like a um a uh, heavy metal statue tour (laughs) you just like like a ticket tour but just a heavy metal statue you just go around eastern european having cheap beer and looking at cool metal statues they've got to somehow make a way of making it affordable because metalheads are by definition poor people i mean like the the trophy of living out of your mother's basement being a metal musician even a metal producer you hear the story so often (laughs) but uh you know thoughts and prayers with you guys you know we are on a podcast and that pays about the same so don't feel too bad but I do want to f- talk about Prophets of Rage's new song, Danny. Uh, there's a new Michael Moore-directed video called Un-F the World. Uh, I guess a democratic- democratically elected presidents isn't quite enough to see that we're going in the right track in Western civilization and uh, we need to feel a bit more guilt maybe perhaps, or do you reckon this is a really a testament of where we are right now? And this is just the next evolution is the de evolution. What are your thoughts oh, on what I just said, Danny? She has a big question. I think that's. I think that's All right, let's make it funny again. Yeah, um, come on now, Was it a yeah. decent video? Did you laugh at it? Did you cry at it? How'd you feel about it? I was sort of starved, and it was quite funny because they do the whole like duck and cover technique. So it's like, I guess it symbolizes people just, you know, playing dumb and turning the, you know, the ostrich in the sand technique. But Michael Moore directing this, like, gee, that, that, that. I think I even had a twisted arm for that. It's like, hey, okay. oh. Mark well, is Prophet's Rage, you're d- Yeah, yeah. even let's finish we're, it we're, now. I'm we're doing it. a social justice. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm in more yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, You know, the song's kind of cool. It's very, very kind of chanty, I guess, if you're into that kind of thing. You know, it gets the crowd involved, if you're, again, into that kind of thing. If you love like your political songs, you know, laced on top of, you know, uh, political correctness, I guess. Oh, it's not really political correct. It's just a lot of justice and self awareness, maybe, or unawareness. Ooh. Ooh, ah, we have to talk about um, more political politics right now because yeah. this is what we need. This is our favourite story of the day. We're going to lace with a bit of guar and a bit of Bajira. Now, what happened with the Kathy Griffiths problem, Danny? Who is Kathy Griffiths and what happened? Well, it's Kathy Griffin. That's true. Sure oh, Griffin, <laughs> right? You know her. <laughs> I don't know even a podcast oh, getting your name apparently. Wrong. Apparently, she was a comedian at one stage. I never. She was on the Seinfeld shows, probably the only time I knew about her. Uh, I mean, she always pops up on these like comedy shows every now and then, but she did a controversial photograph of her holding a severed, bloody Donald Trump head, and people didn't like it. People thought that was a bit too far. Now, this wasn't the first time we've seen a decapitated Donald Trump head, has it, Danny? No, no, no. Apparently, it's been going around for a long time, and as Kathy Griffin's lawyer would say, all these male-led bands, including Guay and including Bujera, where was the, the Bajira other, yeah. yeah I think them I uh, haven't always been uh, showing decapitated Trump heads on other t-shirts or life on their concerts and no one seems to care about those guys now Metal Sucks claim that the only difference is that no one seems to care all that much because die it's metal I would argue against Metal Sucks because, again, I pretty much... <laughs> Any chance do. you can. Any <laughs> chance we can because Gua put it better than even I could. You know what they said, to Danny They right. respond with, Gwa doesn't apologize ever. And that's the more important. <laughs> I believe that Gua would have gotten all that heat that she would have received at some point. AB, yeah. But you know what Metalheads do a lot of and what they should do more of again is just going, I don't even care. You know, bring it all on. And I think the problem that what she did is that she did the straight that she really wanted to do she received. Who would have thought you'd get backlash from having a severed capitate head of a president? Like, yeah. Who would have thought the people that were hoping and praying that they'd get the jobs back that they'd be upset because you know they want someone on the other side wants yeah, them but, dead. But what does it even mean? I don't sell out the context of it. You just kind of do stuff like that, like any purpose or meaning. It's just, it's just dumb. Well, especially in her thing. Obviously, CNN decided to fire her. Which again, look, you know, freedom to express yourself or that kind of stuff. That's not what we're talking about yet. We don't want to undermine our own argument just yet. Um, But I think the biggest problem is that, um, yeah, why did she apologize for? If that's what she really wanted to do, go with it. Become an antagonist, you know. Get a lot of money. Look what happens with people who are antagonists right now. You know, they make a killing out of it. You've got, you know, everywhere from your far left to your far right they make a buck out of it hmm. why, why not to be on the train but you know she did the one thing which you should never do when you're an artist and that's apologize for your work yeah that's true again like if, if she had a reason or a purpose of doing it or some sort of like logic into what it represented then she probably got away with it Like, but if you're just doing it just for shock value well then that was funny yeah. enough Gwai actually invited her on stage said you know what come on stage with us decapitate a Donald Trump and then after we finish doing that we'll decapitate you <laughs> They don't even want to be stopped. These guys are out of they're on fire. Oh wow, there you go. So yeah. because guar really is more than just a name, it's actually an expression. When you say guar you should feel guar. Oh yes. You should poop guar. Also there's no original members left in Guay, so and when you're making love with your missus, you should be guaring all over her face when you're done. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Clean it back up again. Like I said, there's no original members in Gua, so like <laughs> yeah. no one can be sued. Yeah, like, that's nah, you right. you're supposed to see the guy, oh no, he's not here anymore. Oh well. I think why deserve a, a, a shout out and applause, but I also think that ESPN now right now, you know, deserve to also be. You know, there was the thing we talked about CNN cutting off people. Now we're talking about ESPN. ESPN laid off their Slayer reporter fan, uh, John Clayton. Can you believe that? Why would you? It, obviously, br- he brings a certain sort of lifestyle and experience to a, you know. Sports channel, like <laughs> sport and metal, can't get any better than that. Pretty much. So, um, you know, he gets keep. Have you seen the trailer where he was actually in one, Danny? Nah, oh, let me let me tell you about this, Danny. Let me tell you about um, why we should edge my seat, Matt. Why we should feel bad for our friend John Clayton. There was an ad where he was in, right, doing a thing about ESPN, and they have two reporters, one on the left, one on the right. The left guy says to John, or who's on the right? All right, John, thanks for being with us on ESPN, so like, No problem. He then stands up, and you see that he's actually in his room. Like, and it's like a teenage room where it's got all posters and stuff oh, on the cool. wall rah, rah. he then takes off his button shirt right and reveals that he has a Slayer shirt underneath it undoes his hair it's this really long like golden Dave Mustaine Goldilocks <laughs> it's ridiculously awesome puts on a, yeah, like a song on the radio like a real metal song and he's like ma rah, 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 rah. he goes that to his mum and then he just starts smashing it you know just eating some chips so I'm like dude you got rid of that guy sounds like a documentary actually sounds yeah. like a real thing I know, I was like, respect to ESPN and that, but maybe maybe it should be like, uh, maybe I should just steal my basketball, like I steal my movies in there, Danny. Yeah, if you look really careful at that clip of that guy rocking out the slayer, in his hand, he's got tickets to Ukraine to go see the Tomareya statue, so... Well, that's it, all that, with, with all that free time, man, he can start doing those um, heavy metal icons, you know what I mean? Guy yeah, that's thing. right. Uh, Germany Rock Am Ring Festival evacuated due to terror warning. Now, for those of you who are in Germany, you're going to be missing the likes of bands like Rhyme System of Down, Prophets of Rage. Have we talked about them. In Flames and Ram Sign. Uh, apparently, the officials there had concrete evidence that forced them to make the decision in the interest of safety of their fans. Is this true? Or do you think someone out there is just a massive troll and uh, or a bit of a mum and it's like, you know what? I can't have my kids listening to this kind of tunes. Yeah, we got evidence that there's a bomb threat it's hard it really is hard especially because like what just happened in London some people could just be a dick and yeah. just do that just to be a dick but some could be like well any half it could be real but it's just, it's just really hard like you hear tell. the cops come out and say with all the terrorist attacks that yeah ISIS are on board but of course ISIS are going to do it they hate the West, so they come, every time there's like a, a bombing or someone dies it's like yeah yeah we tell you like dude the guy was white and he was blind and he doesn't know what ISIS is he's never been on a phone <sighs> you know oh, but we, we still helped him out like you know we yeah. gave motivation you know um so, uh, it is a bit of a shame because that was a good festival. Uh, any chance you see the festival come down here, Danny, though? <laughs> <laughs> is, is, that, is that a bit of a sideways story? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> ah, you know, Satan is the most understood figure in the world, Danny. Uh, yeah okay go on I, I yeah. would have thought the the um, the uh, ingredients to making uh, magic noodle chicken noodle soup would uh, with, with uh, uh, the, the Chinese text was the most undersubmit figure in the world because I can't understand it I, sure. I, I, I'm sure I like could look at the English side but why would anyone do that why not make it like breakfast more fun you know and more engaging? Sure. um do you think that's the why reason why the Lord of Darkness doesn't get invited to birthday parties anymore Danny people don't really know what Satan's about what do you think Satan is Denny? it could be true every time I write to Satan I get a letter back from like some guy named Saint Nick saying stop sending me letters oh, you've like been it's... a bad boy you're not getting anything that stand from a county man he's a complete dick a dick man yeah come out to our freaking functions man I meet the missus dude she wants to meet your cat like come on seriously yeah it's apparently yeah so in the you know the lead or no goal to lead singer beam thinks that Satan's most with the, figure in the world. And I'm like, well, that's, you know, because he keeps himself. Yeah, he doesn't doesn't come around doesn't have a beard with I don't know who he but is but then it's like the, it's, the weirdest thing is kind of like it feels like Satanism is kind of like like a, any philosophy where it's kind of like liquid and it can kind of be whatever you want it to be like he's like Satan is something you feel you know something you really get I'm like dude it's not like you know a girl or it's like you it's know it's like not the wind yeah <laughs> the wind it's like it's a way of being it's like dude you sound like a crazy motherfucker like seriously dude like what, what are you talking about so I guess it's not so much misunderstood because you know I think we talked about this the other time where it's more about a freedom or it's about a liberation it's pretty much or really what it really is is an F you to Christianity which I think I think generally what what it comes from to a degree you know it's like it considers itself profound uh, uh, because Marcus itself as opposed to something that uh, tells you what to do and what it does is just tell you what to do in other ways so without Christianity, there'll be no Satanism. Oh, that's exactly oh, so that's right. Something those Satanists can thank themselves for But then it's <laughs> like, oh, well, no, nah, not really, because we don't even believe in the devil. We just believe in Satanism. I'm like, well, you're still ripping off Christianity, man. <laughs> call it whatever you want. Yeah, that's right. We're gonna lose our ten friends. Whatever. Like this is what we do. Maybe maybe we have to have someone on the thing that actually knows what they're talking about. Never. But- no, you no, can't no. made things informative. Make no, things no dumb, we might have to make it. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, I think uh, we're going to give someone here so far our medal head of the week and medal head of the not week. So, so far, I think we're going to have to give our medal. I uh, think we have to give it to. Medal um, of the week, I think it's a Slayer statue. Yeah, the well, Slayer statue. Awesome. Whoever made the Slayer statue, which is Mikhail Pinchu, yeah, he's definitely our guy. Let, let's move on to a uh, couple of last stories and then we'll uh, finish off from there. Now, Tobias Forge has come out and said. Uh, call Ghost a solo project, if you will. Now, Ghost from those you don't know, is there was a big fallout. There was at least twenty members in Ghost. <laughs> it seems that it's way. It's a metal yeah. band from the states, and they have more p- people in it than a choir on a Sunday. Problem is, is that they all kind of told this lead singer guy, or whatever, um, to, Ramos, Tobias, was, yeah, whatever, or that, uh, that, uh Tobias they want Forge. some money for being for playing and stuff. Yeah, you know, they was like, you know, we're not getting our fair. Bit, enough of this cake. Enough of the pie. And he was like, well, it's my pie. I'll do whatever I want with it. So they end up leaving. So it really is his thing. And he really acknowledges it. So I think we can call it a solo project. Yeah, pretty much. He means it because the, the interviewer said, do you call it a solo project with changing parts or do you call it like a band? He goes, nah, it's definitely the first. And like, and like he's going to argue that I'm the only original member from, from the first Ghost album who's still in the band. And I'm like, oh, well, that's that yeah, doesn't mean that you're a ghost. Yeah, so we got that out of the way. So I think with that, we can move on to our editorial. Good week in the news. So if you guys got any news stories you want us to cover, head over to our Facebook, facebook facebook.com forward slash supermetalbro, and uh, let us know a cool story that you guys want to hear. But until then, we're on to our editorial. Review. 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 Heavy metal bands. I think there isn't anything in the world I love more than that. Uh, Danny, can you agree that heavy metal is pretty much the best thing we can do with our lives? It's the best. The best thing is sliced bread. In fact, if they had metal as sliced bread, that would be the bomb. I'd eat it. That'd be awesome, I'd serve it to my kids. I don't even have kids. I have hypothetical heavy metal children that eat metal bread and listen to heavy metal through their ears. And I'm talking like metal Gates jammed in their ears because yeah. that is how parenting works. Well, that's right. Because if you had real kids and you, you fed metal toast, you'd be under like Surveillance from like cops, <laughs> police, jail. <laughs> Come Please. on, Westmore more metal. It's like, it's like that's going to hurt and further increase the problem. Oh, right? you're behind bars all the time. I see what he's saying. Yeah, but yeah. I think in the end of the day, we all have a dream about all our favorite bands that are coming together and writing, or at least the members from our favorite bands coming together and writing an album and it not being bad. You know, we've, had, we've talked about supergroups before. I think to a degree, we've kind of touched on it in previous shows, like dragon lord all that kind of stuff like that. But this is what we're talking about now. Today, we are talking about heavy metal bands that have sick, um, well, basically, uh, the, the heavy metal bands that are made up from the fans of members from other bands. Yep, definitely. Th- that sound right? Yeah, pretty much. Like, yeah. So yeah. if you could form a super group with any band, any band, who would it be? And again, like I say, it's always tricky because you have all these different people from different styles. Like, you, you just pick your favorite musicians because you like him. Or you pick a group of people you think are going to write decent music together. So supergroups are always an interesting uh, thing. So let's talk supergroups. We have three that we picked from our favourites. Um, this is going to be a lot of fun. Sorry, I have to actually jack this up before I do that. Though, Danny, have you decided what you're going to do for your three just yet? three I was, oh, sorry for your uh, fa- a... favourite oh, metal oh, band come on man don't, don't stick to me like this yeah, oh, no, so no, that's I've... right I haven't even told you what the three are yet from our fans but what do yeah. you think on top of your head which you're going to be doing for yours yeah it, well I've, I've come up with my my band and like I said band again I've gone through the route of like my three well my you know the instruments I think are most important and also people I just like and people I love as musicians I mean could they form a good group together yeah, potentially, but that's uh, but who knows until they they do it. And unfortunately, no other members are alive these days, which makes it quite tricky. So oh, that's that, right. that might be hard to actually oh, get this band on the ground, but then again, some of these people might come up three or four times, so it'll be one tough gig, even if they are reincarnated. Exactly right. So uh, for my band, I've actually got a name for it. It might be called, um, I don't know, Go- West Meets East or something like that. I don't know. Names names overrated anyway. So my band, of course, the name, the vocalist of the band is no other than Ronnie James Dio mm. because you just have to put Dio. Um, I would have the first guitarist would be uh, Michael Romeo from uh, Symphony X mm. because he's just a quality guitarist and great songwriter. The second guitarist, which I guess he would hate to be called a second guitarist, is Richie Blackmore. Again, he's a great uh, musician, a great songwriter. He brings a lot of variety to it. And I think him and Michael Romeo actually could work well together. So that's something... My drummer would actually be Van Williams oh, from wow. because I really like how he goes about his work. It seems very simplistic, but it always seems very appropriate to how he plays. So I'm quite happy with that. And my bass. So I went for the classic two guitarists, a bass, a drummer, and a vocalist because that's just what I feel like is the band I want to listen to. And the bass. But I went for a guy who's pretty much been around the block more times than our local postman. And his name is Steve Giorgio. Which, D- Giorgio? Yeah which he's been in everything from Death, Autopsy, Obscura, oh, wow. Obituary, Ice Earth, and even Drag Lord and Testament. So he, this guy here has pretty much been on a, nearly every like album I've liked. So we'll give it credit, and he's my bass player. All right, let's uh, talk about some of our fans now and see what they've gone with. Uh, Zach Hammer has said uh, ZP Zart from Dragon Force I am ZP Threat, it. Matt. What's that? ZP Threat. Oh, ZP Threat. Oh, my God. What happened there? Anyway, John Petrucci from Dream Theater, guitarist. Yeah, I think everyone knows John Petrucci right now. Can play scales faster than Pagani could probably piss his pants. Um, Oscar Drojak from Hammerfall, guitarist. Interesting, because I know Hammerfall are definitely power metal. And uh, that is... Uh, I think Petrucci had, had to pull himself right back to be in that band because Hammerfall, to me, are just pretty much a power metal band. Can play pretty fast, but... I mean, you've got some of their albums, Danny, haven't you? Yes. What I'm do not. you think? What do you think so far? And then you got Martin Mendez on bass, who's from like the guy from Opeth. Yeah, which play everything from death metal to uh, prog rock. Yeah. Um. Then we're starting to see now with keyboards, Rhapsody or Fires' very own Alex Staropoli, uh, with Tommy Portimo from the drums and the bass on the um, it feels like a power metal band dude I yeah. think John Patricia is a wild card mm. but I think he's gonna have to go in there and play solos with this bad boy because I think everyone else will be writing it for him it could be like a it could be like a um, mixture of like progressive power metal band so progressive fantasy power metal yeah, or something yeah why not there's a market for it somewhere well look with Dragon look Dragon Force and Hammer 4 I think would work really well together and Rhapsody of Fire and Sniper Alteca four of those members for me on paper look pretty good but those other two man oh look <sighs> Dream Theater and like well, John Petrucci and Ma- and Martin Mendez, too much of a wild card for me. No, it, I uh, Zach, I like unpredictability, man, because you need that, right? If you want something original, you have gotta like spice it up. Am I right? Well, this would be true. So you never—that's know, that, why I will make it so dynamic. So who knows? All right, we We'll move on to our next uh, contender for the show. Uh, Andre Vark has got Hans Grossman drums. He's for Ex Necrophages, Obscure and Blooded Science. Uh look technically is one word, but when you look it up in the dictionary, you will see um, those three bands in there as examples of just complete chaos as well. As, as tight as you can play things in time signatures that I like numbered dice, you roll them and it's like, that's what time signatures we're playing in right now, like 13-8 or... You know? yeah. And a good thing about this, uh, the likelihood of this band he's chosen releasing an album is just like his necrophages releasing an album. So he's, he could be under something here. Well, he's got Devin Townsend on vocals. All right, now here we go. This is already starting to shape up to be pretty cr- crazy. I mean, Devin Townsend is known for playing everything. You know, He's done his crazy dark and black death metal-y, grievy, you know, parts. He's also done his own project, which is very kind of atmospheric and grounded. Um so that's interesting, you know, we've got Michael Romeo on guitar, Symphony Sex, hell yeah, it's Symphony Sex, they are sex to the ears, too bad they decided it's gone, hey, this thing knocked you know, give us the porn we need, right, Danny? Yeah, exactly, yeah, because should we play Side Project, damn shit, faces, people. He's got Devin also on playing guitar as well, so, interesting, you know, bass guitar from Thundercat and Jordan Rudess from Dream Theater as the keyboardist, he'll give you a solid performance, bass guitarist, Thundercat, who is Thundercat, Danny? Yeah, I'm just looking at Thundercut. Now, it's, he's pretty much i a, a, um, I'm f- I'm a Freemason type. I go where the wind takes me type. Player. He's been in pretty much wow. every freaking band in the world. And I think the only heavy metal band I can see has been a part of his suicidal tendencies. But he goes some... He plays everything. Like Kendrick Lamar, which is the new guy going around. Yeah, I don't know. Just, yeah, bass player does everything. Well, what is that shaping out of you to be? Because this is really interesting, man. I mean, you've got... One of Heavy Metal's very own technically gifted drummers of all time, you know, um, Devin Townsend and Michael Romeo. Wow, that's an interesting combination, you know, with the Thunder Calvis Gatsby on guitar as well. What do you think you're going to be hearing from these guys? You know, where are we going to put these guys on our? Jeez, it'd be like on uh, a jazz fusion type, Planet X style. Shit. Sing. I think it will. Look. The, the problem with this is I think Devin Townsend and a Romero can work together because they actually have a sound that, that can be more pulled back. and I mean, we've heard Romeo, he One of his favorite composers of all time is John Williams, and he does movies, for crying out loud. So you've got that dichotomy between classical music between them, and it's very pulled back. Um, but they're both not afraid to get a bit scary. However, I haven't heard Grospin do anything pulled back from... I guess Obscura, to be honest, has those more... Um, can have technically a little bit more of that but even still uh, it put, then he pushes it up again for technicality but who knows, right? Yeah, again, interesting. With Jordan Rudess there I think we're getting another progressive uh, masterpiece though. I think the first one would be more power metal and this would definitely be more prog. I really feel that. Even with the musicians ma- being the technical they are I just think Devin and um, Rudess will pull it back a little bit too much for it to be a heavy metal like onslaught. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Prove me wrong kids you know primary <laughs> well, wrong if they ever get together we'll see third but definitely not least we are talking about Daniel Cedarblad now he's going out with a classic lineup we're talking Pete Winches from Soilwork, and Mike Portnoy from Dream Theater or X Dream Theater now uh, you can actually catch him in Adelaide Then he's on a tour here yeah exactly right coming I think in June I think or was it November I can't remember but yeah he's coming doing a uh, drumming clinic I think Geezer Butler we're talking about Black, Black Sabbath the very own Russell Allen why not Right? Yeah. Why wouldn't she just have in every beat? Like yeah. just crazy. And uh, Derek Sherinian on keyboard X. You know, um, he was in Dream Theater. For Dream Theater Planet X. X, X yeah. yeah, as well. And now he's doing his own thing with Derek Sherinian CD, which he got like a bunch of guitarists and stuff. He just you know no, pulled musicians. Was in the Pinkerton Experiment as well? Was that him? Oh, oh god, doesn't really matter. But this lineup, I think now with this, Geezer Butler is just way out of line here. I yeah. think he's just going to get drowned out, man. um because yeah, I think he has technically, technically, he's pretty much over metal. So maybe in his prime, we'd have to think of him as. Uh, look, Portnoy and, Ra- and Russell and will work really well together with Sherinian, So you've got a trio there, which I think will work an absolute treat. And Winchester I kind of think will flip right in that. Back in the day with Sawyer, I think he was doing very proggy stuff. Like I'm talking uh, uh, the uh, Predators Portrait album and stuff like that. Um, that was kind of like when he was most technical, doing a bit more melodies and stuff. So It sounded a bit more proggy. Um, so if you can rechannel that For this band I reckon it would be Easily one of the most bands I'd be most interested in playing And after Gisela Butler Says no And uh, maybe Thundercat Comes uh-huh. in instead I think this would be One of the lineups I'd be most excited to see Eh yeah. well, Fair enough So Danny Now we're going to put these Into the lineup. I would say I put mine in But I'm probably just going to Pick mine regardless so I don't know if I should do it uh, I picked mine Come on man Stop seeing the fence right. Tell us your band So We'll change tomorrow but tell us your band today we're gonna need we're gonna probably look I'm gonna have to say Loomis to put in it cause it's just oh Loomis is surprised I know right cause it's just is just the joke of a human being cause he's just too good for it right um as a second guitarist I actually want the guy from Dragonlord who in uh, Eric Peterson ah so you got oh, Dragonlord uh, so no Dragon yeah Dragonlord yeah no yeah. Dragonforce no god never yeah, Dragonforce right yeah. so you got those two guitarists right cause I want a really dark setup with these guitars man and I want those kick ass solos to be there as well cause I think Loomis can then embellish his songwriting. You know, you have it really into it as well. Now, I would want on drums, the guy who did the last Old Man Child album. Now, I don't know much about this guy at all, right? Give me a sec. Now, I have to actually open up the book because this guy here, to be quite honest, I knew nothing about, but he was on it. And it sounds pretty good. Like this album from... Because the, the one before, it's always Nick Barker and stuff. And I think Nick Barker does a great job from a technical standpoint. But this guy here, sorry, is really, really good at doing other stuff. Um, I'm going to have to find out his name now. Uh, it's not in the book. Uh, yeah, Pete, P- Peter Wildor. Yeah, Peter Wildor, right? I don't know much about him either, but this performance was good enough to just get to see what the sound like would be with Jeff Loomis, with Eric Peterson. We're going to need a bass player, right? Look... Who's gonna who's gonna be good at doing that? I'm not really too sure. I think it doesn't really matter. I think I might just have. Um, <laughs> oh, I don't say about bass players. Oh yeah, you know what? It's just it's really hard for me to to really to really know. I think we'll probably get something from Sugar or something. The guy from that. Chuck him in there. Singer. All right, Danny. So we're gonna probably need a screamer for this bad boy, aren't we? And and um, I think who's got the best scream metal right now? I'm gonna to have to say. Oh man, that's gonna be tricky. Um You can say well, I haven't thought about this beforehand, hey. Yeah. Who's the male screaming that comes to mind then when I think about that? Screaming? Well, yeah. Do you want clean vogue at all or just purely screaming? No, I'm gonna have Golder. Because and the reason why I have Golder, Golder really? Because he can help write as well. Uh you got three writers, are you? Yeah. Nah, that's not gonna be trouble, is it? Uh, no. No, I'm it's gonna, gonna do like it. Baby, because because I, I think right now he has a, such disgusting and um desolate tone that it really fits really really well. Over it and I want something really dark and heavy, so I'm actually really liking my lineup so far. Um, <laughs> keyboards, you don't need it because Golder can do it. So that's my lineup. All right, all right. Who's gonna be uh, starting our gig? <laughs> Not mine. Mine's headlining. <laughs> <coughs> <laughs> so this is like a five a five band lineup. Yeah, more of like a. Their festival. Oh, you want to start a little bit softer, so I think we'd we'll have to start with uh, might have to be Zach Hammett's, I reckon. Because yep. that's like power most fast and energetic, good it gets energy. It, yeah, yeah I guess you started straight away. Uh, then we'll have to go, I think, with the uh, the, the, the last one then yeah, we'll guess, go with the lads. Yeah, we'll, yep. see, cause that, that's yep. stepping up the temporary bit again. Yeah, then we we'll go with Andre's and then we'll go with mine and then we'll go yours because yours is just brutal. So you, you, want, you want to build up intensity. Yeah. I oh, look, I'd have you put mine right in the middle because then after that, I'd probably just leave the concert anyway. Oh, <laughs> really, well, you're not one of those fans just sees their mates playing and I leave, ah, man. Pretty much, man. Well, at my age, man, it all goes downhill, man. I just had my birthday, dude. And you realize how like quickly you come against your own mortality when you hit your 33s, man. It's like ridiculous. It must just be sixty-three. Like honestly, with the voice, look at, look at, at how I sound. Oh, oh no, you just your body's falling your palm, Oh God, it's a joke. Oh, I think you just trip your arms I'm just going I'll pick it up for you. But um, you know what? I would actually pay. How much are you going to charge for tickets? I would probably pay about hundred bucks for these tickets, oh, man. Oh, easy, man. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, this is ridiculous. You'd have to have it in Birmingham, so we'd have to pay for flights as well. All of a sudden, our twenty dollars tickets now turn into three thousand dollars tickets. Yeah. But um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like yeah all right i'm excited man anyway every one of those bands i'm actually legit i, I would not tell i would not be like going out of my way straight away but i will definitely want to hear what they want to play so, hey if anyone gets this out not only will review it we'll buy the person the cd if any of these bands get together <laughs> all right you know yeah. what i mean like yeah. honestly hey look it could happen man people listen to the sure. show danny you know what i mean yeah. like this is going to be the reason why we take off man because we'll be like uh managers yeah getting all the super crews together yeah. claiming it's our idea bang. that's right become agents we, we don't have to do any work at all just get into a location and get all the money Grand Theft Auto said it's the very best it's like why would you steal uh, illegally why don't you just go to like to um, university and then you can learn to steal for free or like you get paid to steal or whatever you know what I mean do it within the system uh, we've worked out our own system we don't even go to, to uh, university or anything we oh, our systems we don't need money I thought that's that's our system so we want to thank Daniel Cedarblad Andre Vanderker, and Zach Hammett for their awesome bands i absolutely love doing this kind of stuff i i think the um trying to you know get some ideas about uh what these bands would sound like and that is just way too much fun for me man i mean these bands could like be completely different to what we thought they might just be all like funk bands or like pop rock bands you just don't know you just don't look know. guys we'll, we'll start we'll start one of those uh accounts you know, Those ones that don't do anything you know those um those uh fund me, me stuff that's right we'll, we'll get all the money we saved and because nothing happens we'll keep the money and uh, you'll get to hear your Super Brothers for that a little bit longer. But until then, let's go on to our final presentation of our CD review. <music> talking about retro reviews right now, we are talking about a band that definitely didn't get the recognition they fully deserved, at least for two out of the three albums. We are talking about London's very own, we're talking from the UK, from England, from the planet Earth, Biomechanical. From the Milky Way. <laughs> that we you know of. Um, yeah, Biomechanical, Danny. A band that you have very strong romantic feelings about. Yeah, not really romantic. No, I've seen you. Nah, I've right. seen you with the black casing there, touching it. You always want to borrow it, man. I'm like, dude, it's not a porno, man. You have to give it back sometime. Nah, right. It comes yeah, back, exactly. I can't even open up any of the covers. Like It's like, oh, dude, what the hell, man? It's like, it's like a coaster. <laughs> um, but more importantly, we're here to talk about a band that so we have respect for and uh one that we really like this album we were talking about is empires of the world released in 2005 around that time in august i know you can tell that the spring was happening right then for them it wasn't but for us it sure was um what about this the album that did uh, did get into our well how did we get to know this album Danny? i don't know one day you just came across it and there was i think the opening track you heard and you just thought this is a f- Freaking brutal first opening track and then yeah. got the album you're yeah, like wow I really love the album yeah really it's one of those them. albums that kind of manifested itself into my computer or, or maybe it just found its way I don't know if you guys have ever had that where people kind of just come into your life and you don't know how they've done there but uh, you're sure as hell glad they did yeah, yeah even though they stole your car and like poisoned your dog you know they gave you music and they gave you a band to listen to and that's probably the most important thing they can do for you so let's talk about who Biomechanical are. Well, Biomechanical are a progressive slash groove heavy metal band from London, UK. And 2012 is where it all began with a debut album, Eight Moons. Actually, it was quite solid from what I heard from the at least from the peers. We never, I never really got into, I never really got into it. Never heard it because uh, you know this album happened. Um, the founding member John Kay uh, in 1995 actually visualised having a theme. Running across the three albums, so he actually had envisioned his head for Eight Moons, for this album here, Empires of the World, and the album that would then precede it, Cannibalize. He actually had an idea about how he wanted it to get sung or like a theme, and yeah, you, know, you could tell by the front cover. It's very much mechanical and humanity crossing paths, and you know, not looking too good. But yes, uh, hence the name, by mechanical. Mm. Oh, worlds Gliding. Well, that's what they wanted to do, right? But we're talking to talk about this album particularly, and uh, the two thousand and five release, uh, "Empires of the World," was produced none none other than Andy Sneap. Don't know who he is? Uh, look, he's just the world renowned metal producer. We're talking, you know, you know him from everything, Danny, from Arch Enemy to Nevermore to other bands. That uh, oh, look, the list just goes on and on, doesn't it? Uh, you can definitely tell with this album compared to the the final album awesome. he did, Candlelight. This thing sounds clean, crisp. Everything mixed well. I think transitions well. Playing is it's fantastic. Great. It really oh, it is, gets organic. Yeah. And that's what this guy does. He gets the players to play the best as they can, but doesn't give you an overproduced feel that so many other um, producers would then go on to do is micromanage how it would sound. I think really feel like this is the best cause of it. And these musicians are ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, he's fantastic. Yeah, definitely is a singer. So um, I think the best thing to say about uh, now is we're actually going to talk about how we review CDs. We've actually changed it. Um, it's, it got a little bit too hard to always discuss the five tiers that we found really important. So what we're going to do now is give it to the good, what we love about it, what we didn't like about it. And we want to give this uh, at the end of it, We can we give this the Super Metal Brothers seal of approval? Basically, is like, do you guys have to buy it? Like it one of those essential albums in your case. Or is it going to be something that uh, you wouldn't let stop your door uh, for your kids on the way out of the house? So let's talk about what we like about the album. Danny, why is biomechanicals the enemy with? Sorry, the enemy with um, the Empires of the World. Why is this the album that uh, we reviewed today? Well, it's just yeah, it's it's definitely a big question. Well, I guess we'll start at the beginning and it just starts off so well. With the first track it has a nice build up to it industrial sounds, and all of a sudden for like just a bit of like any industrial sound it just kicks into like really fast paced riff and it doesn't stop and that's what's great about this album i just love intensely love aggression um great riffs great songs great diversity the album has it all i mean the singing is fantastic it does both like half falsetto power and the growl uh, fast guitar playing all the musicians are greater what they do I mean the album has so many positives going for it yeah so let's talk about I guess the, the positives that I really liked and we can take it from there You and you touched on it before the riffs for what it is I think the best way of saying is that it is quite influenced from Pantera oh, yeah. and I'm talking only just the riffs I'm talking the singing as well however it's dialled up an extra notch and has a certain chaos about the album which I think comes across with the way that compiles with um, with everything. The uh, the singing where back in the day with Pantera had that falsetto, but then they kind of lost it for that growl. This guy does all of that, but ramps it up. His facetto now is Rob Halford levels, isn't it, Danny? It's very much a very high octave, a lot of gusto about it. Maybe too much at times. That was an argument definitely thrown about by certain critics, especially the albums after it yeah, was Cannibalized, um, to show off his real technique. But I think in general, though, it's just um you, i think you're in awe by the playing on it sometimes uh, and just the amount of veracity and technicality coming from those riffs and how much they move and how fast it does it. for a band that is influenced by a, a band like pantera which is groove which is my setting up certain money licks and playing them to nauseam it's interesting isn't it in that sense yeah no, definitely i mean i mean it's just all fast pace and Balls to the wall, like you know, just thrash bands would be there's It's parts where he would strip back, some songs would be slower, and even you have to play that long. Even on track three with the Salter, and um, even track four, they have like the slow groove section, they build it up. So, it's not just about like let's play fast and let's play loud, it's also sure. part about let's let's creating an, an ambience and a feel. Uh, like in the end, he always wanted to create some sort of like theme for this album. So at the end of the album, the last five songs is like a storytelling part where they're all linked together. Yeah. And one thing that this band does that Pantera doesn't do is that symphonic element, which you can actually hear in songs like Relinquish Destiny and Excellence. But more importantly, like you said, there's laugh for tracks of Absolution where it's like telling a story. And I think that's where the this album separates itself from being a, a clone or too heavily inspired from a band is that it involves these other elements uh, in such interesting unique ways and uh, it just adds to the chaos and lunacy of it I'd imagine yeah I mean you're definitely right you definitely hear the Panteria elements in it but this is just like again it has the, the high intensities and it has just the more I don't know brutalness compared to like Panteria Panteria is a very I don't know it's more like grooving more hard rocking. but this thing here just takes up to the next you know, I guess you have the scream and more scream to it and more ferocity with the industrial sounds etc but uh, it's just I don't know every every song I hear I just want to hear the next song. It, uh, just, it, it keeps going. This uh, album it does and it does with difference. Um, I do have uh, some favorites though. Uh, the ones I just talked about, "Relinquish Destiny" and Excellence are very cool because it does a lot to vary it up. "DNA Metastasis" is one of my favorite tracks. A little bit more straightforward, but I think that's to its credit. Where some of these other songs are just so much going on, this song is really more about stripping it back, giving the, the singer to actually have put some more emotion towards it and a kick out solo, uh, just real simple grooves, which is um, a testament to um, them that they can definitely just do a really good song. But more importantly, they did write one of the best heavy metal songs of all time with Enemy Within. Yeah. That song is fantastic. It just it doesn't stop going. And then the ending, it just keeps like hammering home and you just keep getting feeling it. One of, if not the best heavy metal endings of all time in our complete generation recycle of the last 60 years. Um, it really is. It's a joke how intense this thing is at the end. It really, and it, the way the song builds up to this moment is, and then it's, and then at the very end, they, just, they take that and slow it down so you can actually adjust to normality in your heart, <laughs> not racing through your chest and trying to grab something from the fridge. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, no, exactly right. It's just um, uh, it's just great ridden, lot of diversity, lot of power and ferocity. um, Oh yeah, every you know it really feels like everything's given 100%. Those solos sometimes like the the technicality and the so the speed and ferocity and uh, is this crazy what Jamie Hunt's doing? It's just it's just insane. You know, you I've seen him replicate on videos where he's trying to do it, and I'm like, dude. Even he kind of misses sometimes certain misses of gaps. I'm like, of course, because it's just so nuts. But who cares? Like, who cares? It's like, yeah. that's what you want in a heavy metal album. And if it was left to a producer this day, he will be like, oh, you didn't play that note quite right. Let's go through that scale and see if you can play it all individually and I'll put it over the top of each other. Um, but he, like, thank God Andy Sneak did this album. And I think that's why this album sounds the way it does. Yeah, no, look, this album, I cannot highly recommend it enough. Oh, yeah, this and we're talk, we just talking about, like, obviously the singing, the, drum, uh, the singing and the guitarist, but the drumming and the bass playing on the album, again, is just top draw. Yeah, and definitely, I'm saying you definitely get the whole feel and the mood about the whole uh, biomechanical, I guess, dare I biomechanical feel or... Whole man and human and robotics, um, fighting each other, evolution of that. You'll you yeah. definitely get through the album, so it's produced well as so you understand the concept through it. Oh, yeah. That's when you great. get the artwork, it really puts you in the tone again. Great work. This is you tell the philosophy of the band, maybe to John Kay's um credit in this point because he kind of oversaw it or saw that maybe that was he's was very good at running that ship in a sense. We'll talk about later what happened to the ship, but um, we'll t- I guess we'll talk about how great the album is, Danny. Yeah, nitpicks is anything coming to mind? Um, I think some of the, it feels like a drag on a bit too long. Uh, when it comes to the end there, and he has that whole, uh, those last like four or five tracks with Tricell's Story. I think one or two of those could probably be dropped out because I don't think they really add much more to it. Mm. Uh, apart from that, I don't know, just really, just, I like so much of this album. Every song I like, it's hard. And it's weird because it's an album that people think I would love and you would, being lukewarm about but it's actually the other way around well i'm not definitely lukewarm to about warm about this album however for me sometimes it's just too much where it's like mm. it's an album that you know, when i'm in the mood for it it is kick ass you know and i respect everything about it with the playing wise the songwriting stuff like that rah, rah, rah. but uh, if i want my metal just to be a little bit pulled back and, and more of an emphasis on melody or grooves and that like a certain element of that i want to listen to then i probably won't listen to this album uh, so that very reason, because it is full on, it's, but in saying that, Danny, you like, you're not a museo, you don't really, in the sense that you don't understand what the complexities are, yeah. but you love it. Yeah, maybe that's why. <laughs> maybe I so I just hear from a purely a um, gluttonous point of view, yeah. and I love I love how it goes, and how it keeps me involved and engaged, and it keeps changing it up, and it brings me back with some intensity and some heavy riffs. There's always a part of a song you want to hear that riff, because there's that one riff of every yeah. song, you just want to turn your CD up loud, or your DVD up loud, or your yeah and in that sense i agree there's there aren't things that would have changed on the album because really at the end of the day i've seen someone get so much pleasure out of it and this thing was critically acclaimed and so it should have been i've read some reviews from other people nines out of tens you know that oh, kind of it, stuff it, yeah definitely definitely yeah, definitely um it's just a, a shame for what happened um so read that Danny we have to give this thing a badass seal of approval. This is a oh, must-own yeah. for every metalhead, really. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this, yeah. I mean, obviously, you'll never see this band ever again. And the guy who's called John Kay pretty much came out and said that um, to the band that he's wanted to call it his own thing. And he basically, the biomechanical thing after the third album was dead. So, you know, and it, this, we'll talk about that in a sec, but... Um, it's still, it's still a must-own. It's just so much creativity and uh, an artwork in its own and uh, shows you how we can push metal as a medium forward as well. And I mean that. I mean, like, even though maybe it was a fluke or whatever, because um, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, these guys, when these guys get into a room, they create magic. Yeah. No, de- again, definitely buy it. For anyone who likes just even like pure heavy metal or you have to like thrash to death to groove to sort of power metal, like death all those like ele- all those like elements of people like those bands you 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 definitely find something in this album you like oh yeah ah uh, so with that guys go out and buy the album um as to what happened to biomechanical well unfortunately around the time of the third album um there was just massive tensions in the bands and it blew over with john uh, Kay, pretty much giving the ultimatum um and the band basically said uh, no we're out and he, there was that was it the whole lot of them the drummer the guitarist they were all gone and um they didn't want a part of that project anymore uh the, some of the bandmates came out and told their side of the story and and uh, john k did not want them to but you know had to then come out and do the same uh look that's the way it is when you got someone ruled in the roost um it can get quite hard especially with such talented musicians i'm sure they would have won something out of that but um i guess that's the way it is man uh, these guys there's just no way they're getting back together with jamie hart now doing his own thing with um his own pro- project at the moment um and with Steve Smith, no less. Can you believe, Danny? Well, there you go. Well, you great. Know, great. Did it, he, they did it with a, a band with um, the guy from Mercenary as well. But um, even the guy from Mercenary, he just can't be in the band. He's just, he just can't work with it, which is such a shame. Um, but yeah, so although there is no left more room for Biomechanical, I guess after hearing The Cannibalized, did you really want one anyway? You've heard the album. Yeah, that's true. Like I said, it's, it's a bit disappointing. The production is very off. I'm not sure if there was a money issue or... Maybe that's the sound they want to go for, but production was it's very very poorly mixed, and then a lot of the um, riffs and styles and structures of Empires of the World were used for Cannibalize. and it's just you know like, well I've you've literally heard the song before off the previous album, so I understand that this guy's trying to do a trilogy, and therefore you're gonna have some overlapping themes or like songs. But this was this was universally not uh, universally criticized for being like a half. Great album because you could tell it's still biomechanical, so when they're doing what they're doing, it's great. Mm. But like you said, there were so many elements that were recycled. um You could tell that it really was kind of the end of all because the production was terrible. It's probably the one of the worst albums I've ever heard yeah for production alone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not like it's different, it's not like in a black metal where everything just sounds like you're in a whole thing. This is just like mixing, just off and things yeah it just doesn't sound it was boring. literally like the cutting room floor and they're just like got some pace and like it was like you know your kindergarten where someone just got all the sound fires got some glue put it together as a thing and brought it home for their parents to listen to and they were like well we can make some money out of this yeah so it's a very disappointing way to end considering like the second album so such a great album Uh you're right I think they stopped back in '09. I think the last album came out and so they're not coming back you know yeah. So, but with that, guys, you know, if what we've said is that, uh, invigorated your uh, need to buy an album and you think uh, hearing a Pantera band done at uh, ludicrous speeds and, um, and and insane playing will do it for you, then this is the band for you. And, you know, Pantera was the biggest metal band for a while. Uh, so this should really be alongside the collection. Yeah, Definitely. And with that, we're at the end of our show. Uh, Thanks, guys. A bit of a great show. If you guys want to, though, give us an album to review, we've got a couple coming out. I've actually gone down to Utopia Records in Sydney. I bought a couple of the albums that released this year, Danny. Get ready. Some of them are heavy. Most of them are heavy. They're all heavy. (laughs) It's Utopia. What are you trying to get? Actually, I think they sell Brian Adams albums and stuff in Utopia. Yeah, you can get David Bowie there as well. But, you know, it's about as long as as, uh, my penis, let's be honest. So that's not very long. It's uh, and it's very cold here in Adelaide as well. So it's not doing me any favors. Um, but yeah, so we're going to review some. But if you want to ask to review an album that you want to review, whether it be new or old, head over to facebook.com forward slash supermiddlebro or our Twitter account, twitter.com forward slash supermiddlebro and give us the album you want to hear or a new story that you want us to cover. Well, until then, though, I've been Middle Brother Matt. And in the words of Biomechanical, you can't stop me. I'll suffocate to I'm blind and revive. I have returned forever. Regenerated, reincarnated. I haven't seen you run in front of And that it should be enough reason for you to go out and buy the album. Uh, go out and buy the me- biomechanicals mechanicals. buzz